Welcome to the Big Ed Idea Podcast, a podcast for those looking to change the world through education. Each week, we bring you a new idea, however big or bold it is, that has the potential to disrupt, upheave, or remix education. Now, here's your host, my dad, Ryan Scott. Hello, hello. Welcome back, listeners. It is I, Ryan Scott. Um, you are in for a treat today. Um, I've got one of my friends. Um, his name is Chuck, Chuck Moss. He is the principal of Dinwiddie Middle School in Did Dinwiddie, Virginia. That's a mouthful. Um, but I'm going to let Chuck take over just for a second. He sent me a bio, but I think it'd be better if he just told me in his own words. So Chuck, just tell us real quick, um, just a little bit about you. Well, uh, first of all, I'm really energized by your goal of changing the world in this, through this podcast. And, and I think that's why all of us get into education. When I got into this 25 years ago, Absolutely. my goal was to you know, change the world. And I taught uh, eighth grade civics and English for forever, uh, for almost a decade, then taught a little elementary, then went back to middle school and loved every minute of that. Then uh, I became an administrator at uh, the same elementary school where I taught. And then uh, a couple of years later, went back to the same middle school where I began my career and got to be an AP there. Uh, and then eventually uh, that was all in Louisa County, Virginia. And then I went through Spotsylvania County, Virginia for a little while, and then came on down here to Dinwiddie. This is my seventh year in the county, my third year at the middle school. And uh, I've just, I've loved every minute of it. Um, Middle school is a challenging uh, group, challenging ages, as I'm sure Lots everybody knows. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it's also, in my opinion, one of the best uh, opportunities we have. It's really our last opportunity to make a difference in the life of a kid and, and kind of turn um, their eyes towards their own uh, potential. You know, by the time they get to high school, they kind of are who they are, and unless they have some kind of uh, you know, Damascus Road experience, they don't necessarily, um, you know, shift directions. But, by, you know, in middle school, they still want to listen to you, even though they act like they're too old to. And uh, that's, that's really one of my favorite age groups to work with. I coach middle school football. Um, I coach high school also, but middle school football was always my my love. And I'm, I'm on the PA announcer for our varsity football team. So I stay involved in the lives of our kids after they you know leave the halls of our middle school that's awesome man i i know uh my middle school was super pivotal for me um i think probably out of all three levels elementary middle and high i would say my middle school teachers probably had the biggest impact um on me throughout my k through 12 journey um I still have a real good relationship with my, uh, I want to say he was my eighth grade. See, I don't even know what he was. I think eighth grade social studies teacher. Um, We have been camp counselors together at a church camp for gosh, 20 something years, but we still, wow, yeah, yeah. We still keep, keep in contact. So yeah, middle school was that time in my life um, where I was really struggling with who I was and who I wanted to be and, um, sadly I, by the end of middle school did not become the person I probably needed to be. And that's my part of my life story. But, um, yeah, middle school is a super important, um, time in a kid's life. So 
I appreciate what you're doing there. And, um, I tell you what, I want to thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's. So I, I told you, I wanted to start with two questions. We're calling it the two for two. Okay. Um, and that's just, uh, like, you know, that's my soapbox that connections come. Well, not just mine. A lot of people now, uh, connections should always come before content. So I want to know a little bit about who Chuck is outside of the education realm. Um, so I've got two questions that, um, I've tried to not be around education. So your first one, Chuck, what is your favorite quote? Oh, my favorite quote. It was actually the same quote that I used in my uh, senior picture. Uh, it's by a guy named Skip Ross, who uh, is uh, you know, ran a camp up in Michigan that I went to every summer. Um, and it was, you can become all you were created to be. Oh, yeah. And I think that that's something that, uh, you know, just kind of sticks with me, uh, you know, as I think about like, like what I'm trying to do is tell the world, don't be afraid to be awesome. That's the hashtag I use with a lot of my tweets and whatnot. But, you know, being awesome is about recognizing your potential. And if you can become all you were created to be, well, the potential there is boundless. Oh, man. So uh, when I taught kindergarten and first grade, um, I used to tell my kids all the time that when I had goosebumps, it mean, meant that I was happy. And so like, like I would tell them all the time, man, you guys gave me goosebumps. And I just want you to know, Chuck, you gave me goosebumps head to toe because in my office, um, one of the sayings that I have lived by for the last, oh gosh, probably 10 years now is you were made to be awesome. Um, I read a book by a soccer coach of a division two school. And I want to say the name of the college was either, either Messiah college or mission college. They had the longest streak of uh, division two championships in the nineties of any boys and girls soccer team. And one of their, uh, mantras that they said was essentially when you step on that field, that is an act of worship. And so if you don't use your God-given abilities to the best of your ability, um, you are essentially thumbing your nose at your creator. So I completely 100% agree, and we will get into that later, but I just want you to know that, um, yeah, dude, goosebump, goosebump moment. Question two, this is going to be a good one, I can tell. When you were 16, thinking, you know, two years ago, what was play <laughs> what was playing on your car radio and uh when it was just you oh man um guns and roses yeah. white line you know, but a little known band well not little known but a band that wasn't as popular as those was man of war and a buddy of mine from buffalo grove illinois introduced me to Man of War, and so that was what was pumping out of the uh, the premium sound system in my Ford Escort. Uh, now, a premium sound system <laughs> awesome, but it was in a Ford Escort. So, and that kind of plays into my two for two. One of my two for two questions for you, but that Ford Escort was my first car, and I I tell you what, I did not appreciate that car. I used to tell my dad that uh, people on bicycles could pass me. I needed a better one. Was it but, blue? Uh, was it blue? Uh, it was a, a it was a it was a very very uh, light gray. It was almost a blue tint to the gray. 
So that sounds horrible. Yeah. (laughs) I I mean, I used to leave it with the doors unlocked and the engine running. Please. Uh, Anybody to take it. Yeah, right. Right. (laughs) All right, dude, what you got for me? All right. Well, my let's go right into that one. Yeah, yeah. Car, man, what was your first vehicle? First thing that got you from point A to point B? Oh, Lord. Okay, so this is, I um, ended up, my grandparents sold me their car for, you know, like a a grandparent price, Um, but it was a 1988 Cutlass Sierra, and it was maroon with maroon interior. I had that thing pimped out with tinted windows, um, a CD player. I had the dice on the front window. Um, I think at one time, um, so this was during my grunge era. Yeah. I had an anarchy symbol on the back, on the back window, you know, because I was thumbing my nose at the establishment. Um, little known fact, I grew up right outside of Santa Claus, Indiana, the mean streets of Santa Claus. And, uh, (laughs) yeah, I can remember rolling, um, rolling in that car in Christmas Lake Village, which was a gated community, listening to Bone Thugs and Harmony. Wow. Yeah. Cause I, you know, cause you know, nothing says, um, nothing says gangster like rolling around Santa Claus, Indiana. Absolutely. You know, (laughs) I can only imagine, you know, what people are thinking when they're hearing see you at the crossroads pumping out as you're coming to a stop. Oh, yeah. You know, a four-way stop. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, literally crossroads. <laughs> What's your next one, man? Our next one is this. Based on your background, your background kind of helped me decide this because the okay. background is the living room, you know, of the Connors. But what was your favorite 80s TV show? Okay, so, so here, so the 80s for me, so in 1989, I would have been in third grade. So 89, 88, 89, man, I can remember watching, does it have, does it have to be a, um, like a show? Can it be a cartoon? Oh, totally, man. It's anything that comes to your mind. Thundercats all the way. Oh, heck yeah. Or, or. I cannot believe they have not given. Oh, for sure. Not a Thundercats movie yet. Like I could totally see the rock um being one of the thundercats i could see um puma be all about puma oh oh, for sure for sure that'd be great i would like to see kevin hart as one of them just for a little comedic break (laughs) (laughs) yeah all right so now uh now that i know a little bit more about you you know a little about me um there's there's really only one question that is is stuck in my brain i gotta get it out before we move uh, for those of us that are geographically um, challenged, where is Dinwiddie, Virginia? Uh, Dinwiddie is about uh, maybe 15 minutes southwest of Petersburg, which is just about 30 minutes south of Richmond. So I'm about 40, 45 minutes from uh, Richmond, Virginia, okay. uh, just a little bit southwest of there. Okay, okay, that makes sense. All right, man. So now let's let's start jumping into the meat, the potatoes of this uh, podcast, which is the Big Ed Idea Podcast, where we uh, hope to connect um, your vision with hopefully the passions and qualities and um, you know the uh, 
I guess the boots on the ground with somebody else. So first thing I want to know, um, because this is coming from someone who never, ever saw themselves being an educator. Um, I am super interested in knowing how you made the, the decision to go into education. Well, in, um, in fifth grade, I had a teacher named Peter White. And I don't remember a whole lot about what we learned in fifth grade. But I remember wanting to be the person that kids thought about the way we thought about him. Uh, I mean, everybody in fourth grade wanted to have him when they got to fifth grade. And he, he just lived up to the hype. Um, and he didn't do it out of any sense of, uh, you know, arrogance or anything like that. He just was truly someone who was there to make the experience of learning one that kids would enjoy and look back on as something that they were glad to be a part of. And so right then, you know, like nine years old, 10 years old, I determined I wanted to be a teacher. And then, uh, you know, I had several more influential teachers as I made my way up and I graduated from high school with the Longwood College here in Virginia. Now it's Longwood University. I don't know if I could get into it now, but I got into (laughs) it then, you know, and uh, I just, I, I, we're taking I thought elementary, uh, right, exactly. <laughs> but I, I thought elementary, 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 that's what I was going to do. And then I student taught in a sixth grade uh, history, combined history and science and math uh, classroom. And I loved it, even though the math, I had to sit down and look at the textbook and relearn the math, you know, because as a history major, and that's what I really wanted to do. Uh, but just after that first part of my placement, I realized middle school is where I belong. And no matter where else I've gone or forever long I've gone anywhere else, I've always come back to middle school. I mean, that's where I am now. Yeah, and it, it, it's, so, it, it's so amazing to me. Um, and I, when I was an elementary principal, I wanted, wanted my folks to kind of understand with, to me, like I wanted our elementary school to be the place that when the kids were long gone, they might have forgot the names of the teachers, but they would have always, they always remember the way that school made them feel. Right. You know, and, and so I love, and you say it, and I've heard countless other educators say it, you know, we didn't get into this profession because we loved a content per se. Um, we got into it because and this is so cliche, but I think it's so true. We want to change the world and we're just crazy enough to do it, you know? Right. You know? Well, and I used to tell kids all the time when they came and sat in my civics class, came to open house, I would tell them, you know, civics may not be your favorite subject by the end of the year, but this will be your favorite class. Amen. You'll love coming here and have loved being a part of what we're doing. And that was true. And I, I remember... Uh, you know, I have kids that I'll see on the street that, you know, I, I taught them 15 years ago and they'll say, I still remember this, or I still remember this, or, and I, and I love to draw, I do a lot of drawing and I do a Spider-Man for a kid that I didn't even teach. And years later, he came up to me on the street and said, do you remember me? And he had a very unique name. And I said, Chip, sure do. And I told him exactly who he was, what his name was. And he said, I still got your Spider-Man on my wall. Wow. Dude. And I'm like, and that's, yeah, that's a 22-year-old kid at that point, you know? I mean, that, that's, a, that's an adult. That's old enough for a lawnmower and a barbecue grill. And, you know, he still had my picture on his wall 
from you know when he was an eighth grader just making making a lot of names for himself because he might not be the kind of kid you wanted to have in class necessarily but she loved to talk to him because his insight was just so unique i, I he's someone who like if i try to live my life with few regrets but he's someone i wish i knew his story better sure but this since i didn't teach him i really didn't really didn't know him other than that peripheral way yeah but it well it sounds like to me dude even though even though you might not have taught him, you still taught him. You still taught him something, and it might not have been the content. Um, so bravo to that. Um, I feel so – I don't want this to come out wrong, but I feel so sorry for those people that work a 9 to 5 or an 8 to 4, and, and they can – I don't know how to say this other than just saying it. Like they can go to work and they can leave it at work. Like, right. although that's a wonderful thing, and there are days that I would love to be able to shut it off, um, to be able to come home and know at the end of every day that I had done at least one amazing thing for somebody else makes it all worth it. You know what I mean? Even those worst days. Oh, yeah. And all right. So you, know, you never know what that would be because something might be just what someone needs at that moment. And for you, it was just the turn of a page or the opening of a door or something like that, you know. But for them, it was that amazing thing. And again, that, that's so much about what I talk about with don't be afraid to be awesome. Yeah. Just because we, we are so quick to tell other people how awesome they are, but we don't embrace it ourselves. Yeah. There's And I, and, and I hope I'm not stealing any thunder from anything you wanted to do. But my, my thing is this. Nobody puts their kid on a bus to send them to school to say, hey, let's look forward to some mediocrity and disappointment. Yeah, right. No, they put their be kid average. On bus. Right. They want awesome. And so we don't have any choice. We have to be awesome. We have to deliver that to them. And we also have to know that we might be the only source of awesome in their life. You have so hey. many kids go home to lives that I can't even imagine. And for the, the moments they're there with us, they got to know we're being awesome for them. So I think it, that exactly is the perfect segue. Um, so kind of, a, you've alluded a little bit to your big idea, but I want to know the why behind your big idea. So what is that problem? What is that world problem that you hope to um, at least, maybe maybe doesn't solve it, but maybe it gets, it moves towards solving it. I think that the, 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 the big problem for me is that there's so many kids that can tell you what desk they sit in, but they can't tell you anything about the teacher. And that's true of the teacher also. Yeah. They can show you their seating chart and I can say, hey, tell me about this kid. And they may not be able to tell me everything. And I, and, and I think that just like what you were talking about earlier, that relationships, you know, and building trust, getting people to trust you enough to where you do know their story you can tell something about that. And more importantly, I, I, I'm not someone who's focused on numbers and that kind of stuff for goal setting. How did you engage kids and families? How did you do that? And the numbers and will come. Engage, right, exactly. Because if you're engaged, you have a little bit more. Engagement leads to empowerment. Empowerment leads to ownership. Ownership leads to mastery. That's right. And we got, if we're going to get them to mastery, we got to start with those relationships. Because when kids know you and know you care about them and know you love them, they're more willing to learn for you because they know how much they mean to you and they, they want you to be proud of them. 
Yeah, I'm so, um, I am so, maybe the word is obsessed with this idea that, you know, academic achievement and these achievement gaps are not ever going to be closed until we address the social and emotional gaps mm -hmm. that our kids are coming to us, especially at the kindergarten level. Um, and then we never, ever slow down enough to try to fill those, I mean, fill those kids buckets, you know, to, to, to work on their um, working memory, to work on their, um, you know, coping skills, their executive functions, all of those social and emotional things that you and I really take for granted that we were uh, probably doing with our own kids without even knowing it. But there, right. are, there, you know this, and I, you know, and I know this, but maybe our listeners don't know this, that there is a direct correlation between um, socioeconomic um, status and lack of social and emotional, um, and I don't know, maybe the word is readiness. Um, here in Kentucky, mm -hmm. we have the Brigantz, which is a kindergarten readiness test what? that we give kids. Um, funny story, we give it in August and we don't get the information back till November. So it doesn't really do anything, but right. um, a, a, to me, a better indication of how these kids were going to perform later would be a social and emotional inventory. Um, and I think that's kind of what you're saying, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's what you're saying. Oh, yeah. We, we yeah. have this major deficit in our kids, social and emotional I don't know what the uh, intelligence, there you go, social and emotional intelligence. And I think what you're saying by you're talking about your your awesomeness, what's your hashtag? Tell me again. Uh, don't be afraid to be awesome. Okay. So so I don't, I'm not going to steal your thunder because I think I know what you're saying, but I want you to say it. What are you saying by the hashtag um, don't be afraid to be awesome? Don't be afraid to be awesome means don't be afraid to give people what they need. Don't be afraid to recognize that awesomeness in yourself, but more importantly, to share it. You know, it's not about arrogance or anything like that. It's about recognizing the fact that you got into this because you care about people and caring is awesome. Yeah. So use that awesomeness, bring it forward and use it to reach every single kid. Every kid who sits in your class with a glower on their face, find a reason to make them smile. You know, every single kid that comes in there and they're just lost because of the world outside of school, spend some uh, moments with that kid, letting them know about that, you know, you think they're awesome and that you care about. And, 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 and again, that that caring, that foundation, I, I just can't say enough about it. And, uh, you know, this year we, we kind of face a challenge trying to figure out how to do our goals for our teachers. It is part of, uh, you know, the legal process to have. Uh, professional goals and evaluations, you know, for teachers. And I, I, I give full credit to Joe Sanfilippo up in Fall Creek, Wisconsin for inspiring this idea, but we're not doing academic numbers. We're not doing anything about achievement numbers and our goal setting this year. Our goal setting, we called it the Student Family Engagement Initiative. Ooh, I like and that. it's all about showing me how you engage people. And if it's through going on a home visit where you stand at one end of the driveway Amen. and say how to a video of that and show me that in the video. If it's about something you've done in your classroom, 
that you know keeping your social distance but still making the group learning take a bit tell me about it show it to me and then what we're going to do is we're going to let peers look at each other's videos and then give some feedback on it no one is going to not pass their goals as long as they try as long as they do something and it's all of that that engagement is all about caring you know and and how well do you know your community we're a rural community how well do you know your yeah no i so i know you said your big idea was uh don't be afraid to be awesome but i'm going to tell you that idea you just brought to the table completely blew my mind um because it's it's completely i want to say opposite so it's completely opposite what the normal okay so we're going to look at the end of the year what percentage of your class has made adequate yearly progress if 30 percent of your you know it's it's that dry mundane data driven yes there's there's yes there's some importance in that data as well but um i am a firm believer that if you put that relationship piece at the beginning like you're saying right here if you are literally showing your parents your community your students that you are willing to do whatever it takes to be connected with them through this then I promise you they are going to turn around and give you that academic achievement. Um, not right. because not because of any fancy pedagogy tools that you have taught in some PD session. You are teaching these, well, you are asking these teachers to really show that they are servants first and teachers second. Right. And I give a lot of credit to my superintendent, Dr. Terry Weston, for let me come to her with an idea that this is not even outside of the box. Yeah, sure. We're building a box, yeah. uh, you know, uh, for this. And, and she's on board with it because, you know, she believes like I believe, and I know you believe, you know, when people look back at, you know, 2021, uh, you know, 2020, 2021, and, you know, how we responded to COVID-19 and how we did school differently and things like that it's not gonna be about academic achievement. We know the ripples of academic achievement is gonna be, yeah, that's gonna be that. a 13, 14 year thing. Right. You know, as we look way into the future, this is gonna have a huge impact there. But what people are gonna remember is how much their schools cared about their kids, how much their schools engaged with them. And I want people to be able to say, my kid went to, Louis, or went to Dinwiddie Middle School and when they were out there, the teachers came to my house or the teachers called me or the, the, the principal called me or, you know, something like I do all kinds of stuff on Twitter and Facebook and whatnot, post a video every now and then um, really weekly, probably over post <laughs> because I believe that we have to be a place where we break down our own walls. That's right. We have to be transparent because that's how you begin to engage people. Because if they see who you are and what you're about, when the negative things happen, and you know, like the closing of schools temporarily while we tried to figure out the best way to educate the kids and you know, all these new ideas that we're throwing around at people, as long as they know I've got somebody who's been willing to communicate with me from the start, I think you're more likely to have people believe you're gonna keep communicating with them as you move forward. Oh, for sure. Um... One of my things, my high school psychology teacher who, who just retired from high school as the principal after like 13 years, the only thing I really remember from that class, other than he was an awesome, awesome man, uh, Mr. Alcorn, if you 
ever hear this. Thank you. Um, but I remember perception is reality. And that has totally stuck with me for 21 years. Um, and when I was an elementary principal, I completely tried to do the exact same thing you're doing. Like mm -hmm. there is all of this to, to use your and word. second awesome. favorite quote, by the way, right there. Perception is reality. Yeah. That's my second. Yeah, quote. yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so there is all of this awesome, amazing stuff going on in schools that people don't get to see. And right. if they were to see it, they were to, they would have a totally different view of us. They would want to get involved. They would understand our mission. Like you said, they would, um, they would, um, show us some grace maybe when we made some mistakes. And so, you know, by posting or flooding social media, which is, that's how most people get all of their information from. So if you are flooding that and throwing that out there, it's not because you're trying to be braggadocious or you're trying to be cocky, though we probably deserve to be cocky because we're awesome. Um, you're not trying to do any of that thing. Like you said, you're trying to show the person, you're trying to show the public why it's important for them to be invested in that community. Right. And, and also to let them know that the connection between them and us is real. Uh, when, I, when I first got to the middle school at Dinwiddie, uh, you know, we, the first thing he did was design a new logo for us because we had always had the same logo as the high school. And I, I said, we're not a three-year prep school for the high school. We're our own place. That's and right. we have to start making sure people know that. And so uh, we have a hashtag must be successful. Uh, because that was the one rule that everybody had to follow. No matter what, you got to be successful. You must be successful. And so that was our hashtag. I worked with the faculty to uh, reverse engineer that into a full mission statement. Our, our vision statement it says, we are a community of leaders and learners committed to the idea that everyone must be successful. All I gave them was must be successful. They developed the rest That's right. That's you know, right. as we worked through it. Um, and yeah, and, and so then what we were able to do is start putting that logo on stuff and I put them on stickers and I give out buttons like I'm running for office. I mean, it doesn't matter where I go, I pass them out, you know. Because you uh, are. Well, I mean, you really, no, you really are. Like you think about it, one of my soapboxes is the schools. I want to get back to community-based, community-centered schools where mm -hmm. every community had its own school and that community found its identity in that school. And that's when schools did so well when it was the center of that community. And because of budget cuts and because of politics and because of all of this other stuff, and, and I know you understand this, but in a rural community, you know, when the budget cuts, you, we started slashing all of these l small town schools, consolidating into bigger schools. And those small, small towns really lost their identity. Does that make sense? Right. Oh, yeah, it does. And, you know, we have uh, in, in our county, we're the only middle school and there is one high school. Mm -hmm. And so we have the opportunity to build that kind of community right there. And uh, very often in my my tweets and whatnot, I'll talk about, you know, our being a community and us being part of the larger community. Um, and you know, like when we went out for you know COVID, when the schools were shut down in March, Every, almost every day that we would have been in school live, I posted some kind of video about Perfect. something. Um, 
because I, you know, people needed to know that the schools are closed, but the learning doesn't stop. The schools are closed, but caring about the kids doesn't stop. The schools are closed, but wanting the best for the community doesn't stop just because we don't all get to crowd into the same building at 7.15 a.m. You know, even though we're miles and miles apart, our hearts have to be together. Yeah, sure. And that was, you know, that's something that was so important to me because we, we by proxy, are a community school, but our community is the whole county. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I'm at a, at a high school. We're the only high school in the whole um, county. We have one high school, one middle school, and I th- think three elementaries. But our middle school mm-hmm. and high school and one elementary is all on the same campus. Um, so I get right. it. And I think um, rural America is really struggling. And um, I think one of the things um, that can really help to revive rural America is its, is its sense of community based around its school system. And um, so I love what you're doing. Um, I want to take us back before I finish up or before we finish up today. So okay. you're all about being awesome. Um, so tell me, wh- what is one way that you intentionally try to be awesome every day? Well, and, uh, and I got to be honest, I, I need to figure out a better way to do this, you know, virtually. Mm-hmm. But uh, we have a history to do something called the Good News Call of the Day. Yeah. And uh, Mark French um, was the originator of that. Uh, he's um, up in Minnesota, yep, uh, recently Mark. retired, but yep. yeah, he, he's, he's just fantastic. I, I can't tell you how much he has meant to me and my growth as an administrator. Um, but we recognized somebody for doing something good yeah. uh, every day. And so we would call home and it, it's amazing how many times you call home and you say, uh, hey, Mrs. So-and-so, this is Mr. Moss, principal of the middle school. And they're like, oh, no, what did they do? Nobody's in hey, trouble. Something- <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, but yeah. that's, and this, you know, and, and I've had people who uh, reacted by, you know, they broke down in tears on the phone because their kid was being recognized for something great. I had another parent who was said, said, you know, my kid's been a good kid since the day they first went to kindergarten. And finally, somebody is recognizing them yeah. for yeah. being that. Yeah. Um, and so what we were able to do was, was pull that moment of awesome out and recognize it. And also something I do is we have a team player award and that's a football helmet from our high school football team that uh, you know, a faculty member gets it at the beginning of the year and then they get to sign it with a Sharpie. Right. And then after a month, they pass it on to another faculty member, but have to tell us at a faculty meeting why that person is getting the helmet. I like that. And so what what that is doing is letting the faculty recognize those moments of awesome that I don't get to see. Yeah, sure. I try not to spend forever in my office, uh, you know, just like the principals in action talk about all the time you're getting out of your office. I try to do that. But there are days when it's hard to do and there's always going to be something that I missed. And so by letting the faculty do that, uh, it's just nice to have a peer thank you for what you know you've done to help them and so that's how we recognize those moments of awesome pull it out and show it off in terms of our kids and also our faculty and again we share that with the community because i want to make sure that they know there are moments of awesome happening each and every day at the middle school stop pretending that it's just a place to languish it's a place to go and be awesome man i love that 
I love that. Um, man, I love that. That's a great idea. I, I do something similar to that at the high school. Um, so before I came to the high school, I'd spent 10 years as a, as a teacher at the elementary, two years as an elementary principal. So then when I came to high school, I had this uh, elementary mindset, which people like to, to uh, tease me about, which I love because um, it's outside of the box and it's student centered. Yep. And I, I love to do little Bingo. things. Yes. I like to do kind of what you did. Student centered. So I created a Google form and a random name generator for every grade level. And every week I generate two random names from each grade level. I put it on a Google form and I ask all the staff to give me some positive messages about these kids. And then what I do is I bring the kids into my office and then we, I let them call their parent. And then I tell the parent with the kid listening and man, to see those kids light up and especially the most powerful ones are the ones that the day before I just gave this kid in school suspension for having a vape. And the next day he gets to hear, that's not how people think about me, you know? And, and I, man, I love, love your idea about the awesomeness because you're exactly right. There is so much awesome going on in our schools. Um, the world needs to know. Um, I tr- Selfishly, I love my teachers. So I think if the world knew, the teachers would get raises. So keep doing that because our teachers, I don't know about you guys, but our teachers, um, yeah, it's sickening what they get paid around here. Um, so I want to close us up today. Because uh, we have been on for, for a little while, and um, though I have loved our conversation, um, I also have four girls that are behind two locked doors so that they won't bust down the doors while I'm in here. So I probably need to check and see what they're doing. Um, well, I thank the one for the awesome introduction to your podcast, you know, because you do have a, a, a fantastic opening uh, narration there. Well, thank you. I've, I'm, I'm going to try. So that was my 17-year-old. My nine-year-old's going to do the next one. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find some way for my six and my three-year-old to jump in there. Um, you know, whatever. It's, it, it, it's really meant to show just the family side, the, the hu- humanity behind us. Well, and have the uh, three-year-old, you know, feel free to have her say, don't be afraid to be awesome. Yeah, there you go. Anybody- for that you know so just uh that'd be a great way to get that message out there too that'd be great okay all right man so uh you know one of the purposes of this platform is to connect so uh you have thrown out your idea if there are people that are listening that want to get a hold of you and they want to um you know keep this avalanche of awesomeness going so to speak um can you let us know kind of how they can do that yeah, um, anybody who wants to follow me on Twitter, it's DCPS Moss. That's D as in Dinwiddie, C as in County, P as in Public, S as in Schools, Moss. Um, you know, so just, you know, at me right there at that one. Uh, you can do the same thing on Instagram. Uh, with the middle schools on Facebook, uh, just Dinwiddie Middle. Uh, but your best bet is to use Twitter if you want to contact me or just send me an email. It's Chuck Moss. 72 and that shows my age right there Chuck Moss, 72 you're not 72 at, no i'm not 72 but there is 72 involved in figuring out my age yeah right so, 
but uh, I, and I love to talk to people, love to be contacted by people. Um, I've done uh, some presentations virtually uh, and have enjoyed that. I also love getting in front of a group and just talking about being awesome, uh, you know, and so anybody who wants to hear more about that or wants to be a part of the, the I, I, it's, I don't know if it's a movement yet, but I feel like it's needs to it's be at the heart of everything he does. Yeah. And so, you know, anybody who wants to contact me, I would love for them to do that. So do you have any uh, coffee mugs or t-shirts or anything that I can purchase? Uh, not yet. Uh, I appreciate the request. I, uh, I, I have not got a store yet, but I'll tell you what, if you'll send me your uh, address, yep. I will send you some Don't Be Afraid to Be Awesome stickers. And mm -hmm. if we have anybody in the audience who's a fisherman uh, or an angler, uh, let me know that too, because I've also got something called uh, Educators Who Fish, and I'll be more than happy to send out some stickers for that too. Nice, man. So I live on a nice lake. So if you're ever in, in Kentucky, we've got some really good bass. Okay. Uh, yeah, and muskrat. So bring a shotgun. Well, and for uh, for Christmas, my wife gave me a subscription to the Monster Bass yeah. um, at-home you know, subscription box. And so I'm really excited about that. And uh, don't get me, I mean, hey, look, I'll come to Kentucky just to fish in your lake. So, But, but I'll tell you, if you come to my lake, there is an amazing brewery that my friend owns that I will take you for a couple pints. I'm going to tell you what, I, I think that I've got to talk my wife into a Kentucky vacation. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right, man. Uh, Chuck, it has been literally, um, so it is raining and drearing here, but I'm leaving this interview just completely energized like it was a 70 degree, 70 degree spring day. So I appreciate it. Um, one thing I um, firmly believe is that uh, positivity is contagious. So, man, keep it up. Um, that, that awesome avalanche, um, it's rolling, dude. So keep it up, man, and uh, we will, hopefully, we will talk again. Absolutely. I want to thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to talk with you. I have also enjoyed our conversation. And, you know, the, although it's not raining and why not, it's cold out here right now. And, uh, but, uh, you know, inside I'm just kind of, there's a fire lit just from our conversation. So I thank you so much for that. Absolutely, man. And to my listeners, thank you so much for joining us once again on the Big Ed Idea Podcast. so much for hanging out with me here on the Big Ed Idea Podcast. My hope is that this would be a conversation, a meeting of the minds and a space for one person's vision to inspire the passions of another. However, none of this can happen without you. So let's be change agents together and build a better future. The world needs you and your big ideas or small ideas or medium ideas or sparks of ideas to become what it can be. So please subscribe to this podcast. Reach out to me on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Come to the conversation with your passion. And together, let's build something awesome. Until next time, I'll see you in the funny paper.